Welcome back to Upon This Rock. My name is Max Thomas and I am your host. And we're back for episode two in our, uh, just beginning our series on the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, Just a few quick reminders and then we'll just jump right in here this episode. But in the link or in the description below, you'll find uh, a few things. Number one, you'll find a link to a full set of notes. It's really a kind of a small introductory commentary or book uh, that I wrote for Ezra Nehemiah. Um, It's like, I think, 70 pages or something like that uh, by the time it was all said and done. And uh, it's going to be kind of a a resource that I'm giving away for free for everyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, Most of what I talk about on uh, the episodes here will be in there, that'll be kind of our template as we walk through, and um, and so because remember the the goal here is not just to figure out maybe what Ezra and Nehemiah say. The goal here is to for all of us to become better students of Scripture and better readers of Scripture, and I think the best way to do that, and the way that most of us have, um, the thing that most of us have maybe been been uh, neglected or robbed of or just not had a good enough experience of, I don't know quite how to say it, is is actually reading Scripture together. And, you know, I'm over here on the other side of the world from, from most of the people that listen to this, and so this is the best way that I can do that. And so uh, along with the, the episodes and the podcast here, I have um, a resource that we're all, we can all be going through uh, together as well. And what a great way, by the way, if you're uh, hearing this at the beginning of, of 2022 um, and you're you know wanting to start the year out uh, taking uh, reading and studying the scripture more seriously and trying to do do that, uh, I think this is a great way for you to hop on and, and do that. And, um, and so we have that together and then also we have that resource together and also in the description below, You'll see uh, my email that you can submit a question or a comment or anything like that, and also a link to, um, you can leave like a, a voice memo for me, basically. And uh, as those come in, I've done this in in uh, season one, uh, I would uh, relay some of those or answer some of those on purpose in, in future episodes, and I'll do that uh, here as well. And so I kind of want this to be a quasi-podcast uh, Bible study uh, together, trying to do this together, not just a guy in his random room in the Middle East with a, uh, a microphone talking about Ezra and Nehemiah. I would really love to be able to to do this together. So make sure you uh, either pass this along to, to someone, send me a message, leave me a voice memo, and let's try, uh, download the notes, and let's try and do this uh, together. And so with that, uh, let's jump into uh, what we're going to be talking about today, and that is the structure of the Old Testament, kind of the the big um, uh, layout or design, intentional design of the Old Testament. And in the previous episode, we looked at uh, how the Old Testament is telling one story, and that leads us to Jesus. And uh, now I want to zoom in a little bit closer on something that was said in Luke 24 by Jesus, and uh, that will lead us into our next step, and that is kind of the literary design of the Old Testament as a whole, and then where Ezra Nehemiah fits into that, and uh, how why that's such a, a crucial dynamic to understand. And then actually in our next episode, we will start with Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. And so on the other side of the break, we're going to look at the design of the Old Testament. 
Okay, let's jump in. We're, we're going to start actually by backing up here just a second to something that Jesus said in um, Luke 24 that uh, we read in, in a previous episode but didn't, didn't actually address uh, straight on. And so if you remember in the last episode, we talked about how the Old Testament is one story that's leading us to Jesus, that uh, Jesus rebukes his disciples for not reading the Old Testament correctly, because as if he said, if you, if you did, if you read the Old Testament correctly, uh, it would lead you to uh, the conclusion that a Messiah would come, suffer, die, rise again on the third day, and that the good news of that, of repentance and remission of sins, would uh, spread to the whole world starting in Jerusalem, that that is the summary of what the Old Testament is about, and that when we read the Old Testament, that's what we should walk away from. And he rebukes his disciples for for not not picking up on that. And I want to key in on a, a, the last part of, of Luke 24, verse 44, uh, where Jesus does something very interesting, very telling, that is, is I think, new, going to be new for probably um, most of the people listening to this. It was, it was new for me until I, I went to seminary, uh, honestly. Um, Luke 24, 44, it says this, then that he, Jesus, he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you when I was still with you, that all of the things must be fulfilled which were written uh, in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so Jesus, in the flow of, of Jesus talking about how the Old Testament is one story that leads to him, his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, and the good news that would that would come from that, that would go on to change the world. In the flow of him talking about that, he references the Old Testament two different times. The first time, which is uh, up in, in verse uh, like 24, 25, in that range, he, he just calls it the, the law and the prophets. Here, in verse 44, he gives it a three-part shape, and he says it's the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Now, that, that, that is not an accident. That's not um, just off the cuff. That is actually a, 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 a way of organizing the Old Testament that was actually very popular at Jesus' time. Um, you can still actually buy Bibles this way. Uh, the fancy word for this is this three-part structure of organizing the, what we call the Old Testament uh, into the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms, um, or the Law and the Prophets and the Writings, and the Psalms are the first book of the Writings. And so you'll you'll get the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, or the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms. Um, the Psalms and Writings mean the same thing because Psalms are just the the first uh, book in in the collection of the writings, but that the fancy word for that is the the Tanakh, um, the the beginning. Ta is Torah. The middle, the Na, is for the the Nevaim, which is the Hebrew word for prophets, uh, and the K at the end is the stands for the the Ketavim, which is the writings. So it's the the teachings, the prophets, and the writings. The the Torah, the Nevaim, the Ketavim, the Tanakh, and that is a three-part structure, uh, a three-part design uh, that the Old Testament was actually put together with. Now, 
why am I talking about this? Well, for one, this is this design that will and we'll look at it here in a second. If you've downloaded the notes, you'll actually be able to see it on, on page nine. Um, that's a different design than how we have it in our Bibles. The the structure in which the Tanakh is organized, the way in which it's organized, where books are put in what order and next to which other ones is different than how you and I have it in our Bibles. And lo and behold, that actually changes how you read them. It changes the meaning of certain uh, stories, of certain things. And the reason that it does so is because they they were written and designed to fit together in a particular in a particular way. And so a great example of this that we'll actually reference way towards the end of this here again. Uh, but a great example of this is how our Old Testament ends. It ends with the book of Malachi, which is perfectly legitimate. Malachi was a one of the very last probably the very last prophet um, uh, t- to speak. He was definitely in the very last time period, and that's why he's last in, in our Old Testament. It's kind of a chronological thing that he's, he's of the 12 minor prophets, he was kind of the last one, and, and so we put him there. But in the Tanakh, the, the Tanakh actually ends with the book of Chronicles. Now, that's a completely different ending. And if you're going to read them, sit down and read them, you would understand the book particularly of Chronicles much differently because for us, it's just right next to Kings. And so we read Chronicles and we get very, very confused because it seems like we get Samuel who tells us David and Solomon and how the kingdom started. Then we get these two books of the Kings which tell us all of the rest of the history. And then we kind of get this like repeated history like why are there two more books right after kings that tell us essentially the same history and they start with like nine chapters of genealogy like i don't understand why we need this because didn't we just i mean if you just sit down and read kings and then chronicles by the time you get to like you know the end of first chronicles you're like wait did didn't we read didn't i read most of this already or some version of it or or you'll have the opposite you know uh uh, question at certain points, like, wait a second, didn't I read something like this in Kings? But this is different. This is not the same thing that happened there. This is slightly different. And the reason that we feel that disconnection in our Bibles is because in in its original design, uh, in Jesus's time, the Old Testament was not organized the way that we have it now in Jesus's time, and the original organization uh, that of the Old Testament was was this Tanakh, was this three part organization where Chronicles did not follow Kings. Chronicles was at the very end. That's actually how the story ends. So if you were to go read Chronicles and the story ends there, it changes the entire meaning of the book. The whole book is framed in a completely different way because it's the ending of the story not just the retelling of some history. Let me give you an, another example. In, um, in the, the Tanakh, uh, the former prophets, 
are Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. Now, we consider Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings history. We don't consider them prophets. We consider those the the books of history. But what if they're not just... And and when you, in English, for, for us Westerners, when you say something is a historical book, a book of history, you immediately have a frame of reference of what that means, of how this is supposed to operate, of, of, of the rules of reading and grammar and style and interpretation. All, all of that immediately comes into to focus. That's why you read something like, you know, um, the, the history, an American history book and you know, the Lord of the Rings differently. They're both stories, but one of them is, we're told at the beginning, is real history, and the other one is a fictional novel, and so we play by different rules. We interpret by different rules. We understand by different rules. And these, in the Tanakh, those four books, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, well, four books, six, or uh, eight, however you want to understand Kings and Samuel, first and second, but those four are their prophets. They're prophetic books. They're prophets just like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Now, the style in which they wrote is different, but they are prophetic books. And just by that simple organizational fact completely changes how we understand those books. It changes the rules by which we can we can read them. And so... This this Tanakh, you, you really need to, to take a look at it on on the notes, but I, I want to do my best here just via audio and try and show how and explain how these three parts, the Torah, which are the books of Moses, the same five books of Moses that we have, the Nevi'im, which are the books of the prophets, which is Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then the the 12, after the 12 minor prophets. And then you have the Ketuvim, which is the writings, uh, which is basically everything else. And in there, you have stuff like Ruth, Lamentations, but then you also have like Daniel, which we have in our prophets. They have in the, the Ketuvim, in, in the writings. So it's, it, and they're all in different order, in different places, next to different things. So I want to try my best here to talk about how these three parts, the, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, the seams. So if you were to take those three parts and you were to put them together, the seam at where which each part meets, I want to try and, and explain for a second to show how the, the story is moving along and, and then end here of we're going to start our discussion on where Ezra and Nehemiah fit into that story. So I'm going to try my best, but it would be best if you had the notes to, to look at here as well. But the, the, the Torah begins, obviously, with the book of Genesis, and you get the, the opening line uh, in the beginning. And we have creation, and then you have all of the story of the nations, and then Abraham and his family. You get to Moses and the Exodus— and then at the end of Deuteronomy 34, which was clearly written 
far later in the future because it's reflecting back on Moses. Uh, so some future editor, writer, this is n- clearly not Moses writing, he says this, that even today, no prophet like Moses has arisen. This is Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12. So there's no prophet. So that we get we get the all of the writings of Moses and the, that story ends, that section ends looking forward to a prophet because earlier in uh, in Deuteronomy, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here, it's either 12 or 15, now I can't remember, uh, I think it's 12, we were promised that there would be a prophet coming, that there's going to be a future prophet that's like Moses, yes, even greater than Moses. And we get through all of Moses' writings and into the future, and someone, some editor later in the future is writing and tacks on to the book of Moses and says, he still hasn't come. We still don't have the prophet that's that's like Moses. Now, the the next book in the Tanakh is the book of Joshua. So it's the same. In Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night. So you have ending, ending Deuteronomy 34, you have... Uh, or a, a beginning, sorry, of Torah, you have in the beginning and the creation of day and night and all of the order, and it ends then with no prophet like Moses. Well, the 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 middle section, the prophets, begins with meditating on the word of God, the law, the law that we just read, day and night. So we're echoing Genesis, Genesis 1, okay, with this mention of day and night and the law, and we're to meditate on it. And the prophets end with Malachi. Now, Malachi, again, for us, ends the Old Testament, but here it doesn't end the Old Testament. It just ends the middle section of of the prophets, of the Tanakh, of the prophets. It it ends that middle section. And here's how Malachi ends in Malachi, uh, end of chapter 3 and into chapter 4. And you'll see the difference between the righteous and the, the wicked, those who remember the law of Moses. And so we're still looking forward to there's still someone like Moses coming, that, that there is still someone yet to come. And Elijah, Malachi says, Elijah is going to go before their face. And this person is going to remember the law of Moses. They're going to be a greater, a greater prophet than, than Moses. Now we go to the next section, which is, the writings, and the writings opens with psalms. And psalms opens this way. It's a mirror of Joshua 1. Blessed is the man who does not follow in the counsel of the wicked, that's the wicked that was just mentioned in Malachi, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates in it day and night. There's the Genesis 1. So in Genesis 1, Joshua 1, Psalms 1, we get this this connection of day and night, of creation and the meditation of God's word and the law and blessing coming, all of this. In Deuteronomy, we start with, we're looking forward to a prophet. And Malachi says that prophet still has not come, and but Elijah is going to come before his face, and then the day of the Lord is going to come, and the ways of Moses are going to be known. And then we get to the end of the the Tanakh is 
the book of Chronicles. And we'll talk more about this uh, when we actually get to the end of, of Nehemiah. But the end of Chronicles actually ends with a, an incomplete sentence. It just says this, let him go up. Let him go up. And we'll, again, we'll look at this in more detail. That's actually just a quotation uh, from somewhere else in the Old Testament, and the verse is cut in half, and it's an incomplete verse. And, and the point here is that it's, we're still waiting for the prophet who would come like Moses and actually bring about his ways on the earth of righteousness and justice and following God and all of this kind of stuff. So there's this there's this seam here. There's this story here of tracing of tracing uh, this single story. And my point here is is just to pay attention as we're reading how books are put together, how stories are put together. Now we we just looked at this on this huge macro level of the Tanakh of looking at these repeated phrases and words of whether it's day and night in Genesis, Joshua, in the Psalms, or meditating on God's Word, we see that in in Joshua and Psalms, or this idea of the prophet uh, like Moses who comes, and that's in Deuteronomy, and in uh, the prophets, uh, and in Malachi, and actually, again, we'll see, is actually in context a little bit of Nehemiah as well, um, or the righteous and the wicked, uh, that continuing to be repeated. So there's there's all these connecting points. And what I want to propose here is that that shape of the story, the God who starts in Genesis and has given his word and has called people to live by his word and then has promised this person, this prophet, this messiah, this servant, this anointed one, this king, all these different roles that get expounded in the Old Testament, the, the, the priest who's going to come, they all end up actually at the end of, of the Tanakh, at the end of this organization of the Hebrew Scriptures, we end up with an incomplete sentence because the story is incomplete. The story has not been finished. That's the point of the incomplete sentence that finishes Second Chronicles of let him go up. Go up where? What's going to happen after that? Well, the story is still being written. And so if we were to take this, this figure of the Old Testament and then bring that into the book of, you know, connect the next scene, which would be the book of, of Matthew, we open with the genealogy of Jesus, that this is the continuation of the story. This is where the story leads. The story leads us to Jesus, to that Mount of Transfiguration when he's talking with Moses and Elijah, who, as Malachi said, would come before his face. And we meet John the Baptist, who actually is that one, who is said, is, is, I'm Elijah, I'm the one who's come before his face, and the one who the prophet spoke about, right? All of these stories, they begin to, you begin to see how they're connected and how they're telling one single story. And so, all of that to say, and there's so, so, so much more uh, that we could we could go into. And it's just, I mean, you start seeing how these stories are connected and how they're woven together and how the Bible was constructed not as just some random collection of stories and prophecies and poems, uh, 
but it has a very intentional design. It has a very intentional structure. It's put together in a very intentional way. And part of the message and understanding the message of the Bible is beginning to get eyes uh, to see those things put together. And so Ezra Nehemiah in the Tanakh is actually comes right before Chronicles, right after Daniel. So the Tanakh ends with Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, which is one book, one scroll, and Chronicles. That's how the end of the Tanakh uh, comes. That's the, the, the very ending of it. And so Ezra, Nehemiah, they play a, a very important role because they are helping bring about the ending of this this story that just before we've read the prophecies of Daniel about this one who's this son of man who's going to come riding on the clouds and the kingdoms of the world are going to be given to him and he's going to overthrow all of the kingdoms of of the earth and he's going to establish dominion and then we're going to meet people in Ezra Nehemiah who are living under foreign rule they're living under Cyrus's rule under Artaxerxes' rule, under foreign occupation. And they, this part of the story of Ezra and Nehemiah is they are setting up the temple and the city and the priesthood and all of these things because the story is meant to lead us to think the one who Daniel saw anointed by God coming to bring, you know, dominion and overthrow these kingdoms, he's going to come and we need to get ready. And then Chronicles is the continuation of that. It's, well, it's kind of the retelling of Israel's story uh, in order to, to bring us into the future. But that's, that's how the story ends. And so Ezra and Nehemiah needs to be seen in that light, that this is, this is where we are in the story. We're towards the very, very end of the story, both chronologically, but even how the, the Old Testament is is meant to meant to be read. And so the Tanakh, super interesting, super nerdy. If you again make sure you, you download the notes, look on page nine. I have the whole thing um, laid out there for you. And there's a bunch of other stuff that you can find if you just do some some easy Google searches. The Bible project, um, they do a great job. Tim Mackey, the guy who who uh, teaches on the Bible Project. He does a ton of stuff with the Tanakh that's super helpful if you want to dive deeper into that. But Ezra Nehemiah, towards the end of the story that's leading us to Jesus, the single story of the God who created heaven and earth, who spoke his word, who promised that a a prophet and a king and a priest and a judge and a deliverer and a Messiah and a servant would come. And we are, we are, at the end of that journey, at the end of that story, when we come to Ezra and Nehemiah, and in the next episode, episode three of this season, we're going to look at Ezra chapter one, verse one. And so make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so already, and you can expect that episode in just the next few days. And until then, we'll see you later.